Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Welcome to this week's episode of the Nailed It Wall. This week, we're going to reflect on the past two weeks of, what are we calling it? Is it distant learning? What's the actual name? I think that's what it is. Is it? Distance learning. Okay, distant learning. All right, people, buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to episode 51 of The Nailed It Wall, 5-1. It's hard to believe. It is. I'm Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And I'm Mrs. Schofield. Well, happy Sunday, partner. We haven't filmed the podcast on a Sunday, which is our normal routine Mm -hmm. in quite a while. I know. I was trying to think back a long time, especially in in the STEM lab. It feels good. Yeah, it feels good to be back. It feels good. This is our first time we haven't had a guest on in a while. Mm -hmm. It's just us sitting down. And all summer, we really talked about having our kids on and kind of sharing their feelings with everything. But schedules didn't work out. You know, these kids are busy. Uh, They're living the good life. They're living their best lives. Their stories aren't going anywhere. I will tell you, though, when I left this morning, Sam did say, don't forget, I'm going to be on that podcast soon. Just let me know. So, you know, I think his people will call our people. Yeah, we'll we'll work something out. Maybe he has one of those EAs. What what are those called? that's what it was. I don't, executive assistant. Executive assistant. We'll we'll get in contact with with his EA. That's right. As we start every episode, we start with our Nailed It of the Week. What's your Nailed It this week? Well, I really feel that, you know, going into the first week, first two weeks of school, no matter any school year, but definitely um, in light of online teaching and, you know, distance learning and all that, you know, relationships and setting the groundwork for what you're going to be doing that year is really, really important. So the first week, definitely, I think um, K all the way through you know, seniors, it was all about relationships and and kind of building that community. And that went really, really awesome last week. I love this group of kids. But then this week kind of built on that, but then it's kind of setting up expectations for how they'll learn. So reflecting on kind of their mindset, reflecting on um, how they've always done notes and things like that. So my big nailed it was, uh, as I chatted with you, do I do the sketch notes when we don't know how long we're doing distance learning. So, you know, is it does it make sense to add another component that I would have typically taught them in class, in person, um, to what they're going to be doing? And uh, But it's always been a really big part of how I teach and how kids learn. So thankfully, you did encourage me uh, to come back around on that, and I rolled that out with the kids. But instead of doing it the way I typically do it, which is I do a whole lesson on how they perceive things in left brain, right brain, and, you know, just the way we interpret and how our brain learns, um, I just wanted them to understand about, like, hearing things and being able to synthesize it and breaking it down to what's important and kind of laying that out in a way that means something to them. So I read them the Paper Bag Princess, which is a Robert Munch storybook, a picture book that I used to read to my preschoolers when I taught preschool. And it was probably, that will probably be one of the highlights of my whole year because Every single eighth grader was listening to that story as if it was like the best thing they ever heard. And it was like having story time with them. And they were listening and they were so engrossed in doing what they, you know, their their note taking. And I loved that part. And then I saw the submissions that they put in and they are amazing. They are amazing. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm glad that I didn't give that up. And I was really excited to see that they really grasped the whole meaning of, Yes, I'm reading a children's book to them, but they are actually doing the things that I wanted them to do. They grasped what was important. They could lay it out in storybooks or storyboard style where they knew 
the, you know, the transitions and kind of how things tied together in the big picture. So mission was accomplished, and I was very happy. I saw some of those examples of sketch notes, and I was like, you need to start saving these. You need to tweet They're some so of these good. out to still continue to kind of show all the cool things happening in our classes. I loved it. Now, tell me, what is the story of the, is it the paper bag princess? Oh, I know the story. So did you... Did you read them the story and not show them the pictures and they had to visualize <laughs> the pictures in their mind? Well, I did show them the pictures because because I went back and forth about that. But honestly, when I teach, I always use visuals as well. So if I'm if I'm lecturing, then I would have pictures that illustrated those concepts anyway. So I felt that I could have done it without, but I they really enjoyed it. And some of them didn't even look up to to look at the pictures, but some of them you could see they would study the picture. And then they would dive back in. And so the story of the print, the paperback princess, which, of course, us with our, our views on Moxie and all of that, it very much speaks to me. Ella actually picked this book for me to read. I went through, like, Green Eggs and Ham and all these different things that I thought, oh, these would be good. But she was like, this one has such a good message. And it's about a girl who is a princess, and she's betrothed and to this guy named Ronald. And the dragon comes, steals him. And she has to find a way to trick the dragon into releasing Ronald. So she kind of, you know, does her magic. With Ronald that. doesn't seem like a very prince kind of name. Yeah, it's ironic that you say that or kind of telling. But anyway, she she rescues him. And then he base. Oh, and the reason it's called Paper Bag Princess is the dragon burns everything. And all she can find to wear is this paper bag pr- that she finds that didn't get burned up so she wears that to go save him and when she shows up and she rescues him he complains about how she looks and how she smells and tells her to come back when she can present herself properly and so basically she lets him know um he's 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 cut free and uh she lives happily ever after so it's pretty good so you didn't answer my question though what what was your question so what did the students what, what, what were the students drawing through this whole process Sketch so what noted. did they draw? So, yeah, so like you so, showed them the pictures okay. so, that's so they could question. kind of see okay. it. Okay, so what they're trying to do is if I'm reading you the story, and so we would go through page after page to say, okay, so this is what they said here. Is Are all these details important? Like if, if I had to tell you to recreate this story, are these relevant? Because when I'm telling stuff in class, they can't possibly write word for word, most of them, and that's not the point. It's like, do you understand the big ideas? So they would they would kind of capture that she was a princess and lived in a castle, and they would capture the, the arrogance of the dragon and then kind of the tricks that she did to rescue and likely the main ideas, and then they would draw out these, you know, different parts, the paper bag, the princess, the dragon, and all that. And so, um, and some of them were really funny, like the liberation at the end of Elizabeth. They, you know, they had some really good pictures to, to um, kind of illustrate that. And so I seriously love, and... The other thing that was an extra bonus is I would stop at the end or right when Ronald kind of tees off and we had a little mini lesson about how girls should never allow someone to speak to them that way and kind of just knowing your self-worth and what what that really looks like and, and how that's not acceptable. And then I chatted with the boys and just said like, you know, this is unacceptable. You should never allow yourself to be a Ronald. And, and that's not putting yourself in a good light and kind of just having a little mini lesson about the way we treat other people. So it, even though they were just kind of like, oh, gosh, they heard it. And several of the girls had said, I love that message. And I think the boys and the girls need to hear that. So 
no, I loved it. I love that social emotional side right there. And I love that you took the time to stop and really make that moment uh, something that you wanted to celebrate in the class there. So thank you for sharing that with us. That was uh, truly awesome. And your attendance, you just, every day, you're like, I just love these kids. I'm so fired up. Like, I just love this group. They're doing everything that I'm asking. They really are. I I honestly have no complaints about this group of eighth graders at all. They don't just show up. They participate. They are engaged. And uh, I really enjoy coming every single day. And as teachers, the way we are, I really thought I would feel so... um, I don't know what the word is, but I felt like I would feel so sad and disconnected and kind of like stunted as a teacher, and I don't feel that way. In fact, it makes me think, okay, I'm going to be doing this next. How could I do this that they will really get excited and, and make, it, make it meaningful? And I, I'm so intentional about it because I just love being there with them, and, and I thought I would hate it. And I, it's not ideal, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. You are enjoying it. I, I love am. I love hearing your stories every day. I love to see your smile, and I love your spunk that you're you're bringing to these kids. Now my nailed it kind of goes like twofold here. The first one earlier this summer we had Myra Romano on. Love her. All right, an amazing illustrator, and she talked about gratitude and the importance of giving gratitude. And she was reading. She's read the gratitude diaries, and she talked about journaling every day about something that you're thankful. Now, I have um, been reading the Gratitude Diaries. I'm starting to journal a little more, think about things that I'm thankful for. And me and you, we work very hard on the announcements. It's felt so good how much fun that we have doing the announcements, putting those out to the community. They're getting posted on our Sierra Verde Facebook page. They're on Twitter. Uh, All the teachers are loving it and all the feedback we kind of get there. And at the beginning of the year, they talked about DV stars and giving those out. But on Friday, you know, it was like our 10th day of announcements, like already 10 episodes in. And then Mrs. Bonham gave us a shout out for for announcements with a DV star. And then Mrs. Smith from third grade gave us one. That's so cool. So those things just like mean so much to you and uh, how much work that we put into them and, you know, how much we love to do it and, you know, tweeting them out. And we know Karen from Do Inc. loves us. And <laughs> Do Inc. So is, awesome. uh, is the green screen app that we use for her. And she's always tweeting her stuff out. She's like, you guys are back. We're so excited. <coughs> so excuse me. <clears throat> so having so much fun on the announcements and like we've been doing some. Tell us about some of the new segments we've come up with. Oh, my gosh. Well, th- I was just talking to you about this recently where our whole goal for announcements is to have it be reflective of our school community. That's since it kind of got put on our plate that's been our goal and when we had the crew that we had last year that was incredible and we had so many highlights and it sort of reached that goal because you were representing so many different grade levels and and we would go out and do like the straight from the mouth of vipers and and we would pull things in but it still didn't have that feel even though i had eighth graders in my you know in you know, the announcements and stuff. And that was great, but it just didn't have the same feel. So this year we've been doing more stuff where we ask questions like riddles or would you rather? And um, the national days, you know, just kind of ask, sometimes putting a poll out there where we're just like, where do you stand on this? And the conversations because of the way Mr. Galetti um, set up our system for, you know, day to day, announcements are a big part of everybody's 
schedule to begin with. And so I know they're having those conversations. The eighth graders will talk about it. And it's been so fun. Like, you know, the would you rather is huge. I mean, just all of those little parts. Um, there's something that you and I are working on for teachers to kind of bring that back. Um, what else am I missing? It's been so good. I think though. you kind of hit it. Like it was just so it's been so much fun for us to kind of incorporate that and get the students excited. And we just love how much the teachers are loving starting their day, like with our positive vibe and you know what we bring through announcements. So that kind of uh, made me really kind of step back and be like I need to do a better job spreading gratitude around this campus and and fill in other people's buckets Uh, the other fold earlier you talked about being stunted and this was like the first week of like you know direct instruction like you know first you know kind of moving away from those get to know you kind of scenarios and I can kind of see the storm brewing of like just how much work was was coming down the pipeline for these kids. And so I was like, I had to get back to doing like what I love. And like what I love is like making, creating, hands-on, challenging, uh, accepting failure and growing from that. And so with my third and fourth graders, I did the Mythbusters challenge. Can you fold a piece of paper more than seven times? I was shocked how many kids have never even seen Mythbusters Junior or Mythbusters. And we uh, tried to bust this myth like all together. Everyone was active, hands on. I'm doing like official counts. Like I'm saying, oh, that's not a true half fold there. And so we're going back and forth. With my fifth and sixth graders, we built a paper boat. So I'm like, we have we have 15 minutes. Our challenge. I've hired you as an engineer to build the paper boat, and we want to know how many Abraham Lincoln's you can get on this boat before it sinks. And then they had to upload like a video, just a video it. with their boat built and given a, uh, a prediction of how many pennies their boat will hold there. And it was just so fun, you know, like kind of taking those handcuffs off and uh, bringing that fun back. And you saw me a couple of days how excited I was oh and gosh. how pumped up I was to do this. And I'm like, all right, turn it here. You know, I'm like teaching all these kids. And, you know, usually this could be, I mean, we do this with our seventh and eighth graders and we don't let them talk for like the first like five minutes. Then they can work with someone else, but they can't touch someone else's boat. And like, we did this like in 15 minutes. I'm like, we got boats, you know, and, and then I had tutorials on our canvas shell as well. So just kind of getting back to that, you know, what we love and like what we do, it just felt so good to kind of redefine ourselves as educators and, and bring that fun back, especially knowing like how much pressure and like how stressed these kids were. And so kind of, uh, it was just an awesome week in that sense. Well, and you said something that's interesting because there's two things happening that we're seeing, which is the kids were super overwhelmed by workload for sure. They were feeling very frazzled. Uh, it's, it's new anyway, you know, so getting back into the routine and just knowing, you know, teachers finding the balance of knowing what's enough curriculum and what's, you know, not enough. And so kids were kind of caught in the middle of that. However, what was amazing is I mean, you have a crazy amount of attendance in your, you know, in your STEM classes. Kids are still showing up. They're showing up to exploratories. They're showing up to their specials. They're showing up to all of their core classes. And that is a testament to them as learners. It's a testament, you know, in in some respects or a lot of respects to parents being great with getting their kids where they need to be. And I just love to see that there's such a vibe, this feeling of people want to learn. Like these kids want to learn. And it is the coolest thing. Like, I mean, I've seen you do these lessons and you're so energized and they are like soaking it up. 
you know, and I just, I love that. And I, that was missing in the spring, you know, it was, I mean, as much as I, I think it was a scary time and, and it just was a different learning environment. So this is online learning is very different, but I think it's a really amazing thing. And the biggest thing is today is August 16th. The state of Arizona has set the date as August 17th per like the CDC guidelines and I don't think me and you have a clue what those mean or no. what they what they stand for. I mean, just the other day, I think we had 1,600 cases of COVID. Uh, maybe yesterday it was down to 900 because it was the weekend. Um, I know in Massachusetts, they're like down to 200 cases a day throughout the entire state, and they've already pushed wow. back. They're opening from uh, Labor Day till like the end of September. I know Queen Creek is opening, which is, we don't even know where that is, out past like Chandler, Gilbert, some yeah. area. I have big, no though. clue how big. You said there's like a bunch yeah. of high schools in that mm-hmm. district. Um, so they're like, I mean, I'm sure there's schools out that are open in Arizona, but tomorrow is that first day to open. We are still set to open October 14th after our fall break, which is still seven weeks away, correct? I. Mm. What did What did Bonham say? She did say seven more weeks, so I don't know if she was counting last week. Maybe seven more weeks. Okay, maybe seven more yeah. weeks. I'm not really strong in that department. I just show up and just, like, if all of a sudden we have a holiday, that's just an added bonus for me. <laughs> and as teachers, we really have to remember to find that balance of, you know, and me and you have been good at pushing each other. You're like, go for a run. Like, step yeah. away. Like, make sure you get out there and go for a run. And I'm like, make sure you get up and you, you, you're you a walker in the morning. And yeah. I like to run at night. So uh, it's been fun for us to kind of push each other to find that balance and and because teachers going to need that, you know, oh it's, gosh. you know, it's going to be a, a, a long, you know, and who knows, maybe school opens earlier, um, earlier versus later, you know, we don't know, we don't we know, don't but know. the biggest thing is understanding like, you know, the social emotional health of our students as well as our teachers and then understanding that work-life balance. Do you, I feel, and from what I'm seeing is what I noticed kids showing up with for as far as social emotional is they weren't super overwhelmed they weren't as overwhelmed about fears about covid and all the stuff that they had gone through but more desperate like starved for connections and that's what i feel like i keep seeing is they just want to have connections they want to have purpose they want to have things to do that are meaningful and um which i think is I mean, it's part of social emotional. They just need that part of it because they don't just want to learn. They want to learn in a meaningful way that's like a bigger thing than them. And so that's, you know, it's just kind of been like, okay, I, you know, we can work with this and then make that happen. And that's the thing is, you know, the teachers on our campus, we want kids to love to come. And so I think people are digging deep and trying to be creative and, and make it engaging. So. I'm loving it. It's a lot, and that's uh, that's something I, with my 7th and 8th graders, we're going into week three on Monday, so week three, and I was like, out of the gate, and I'm like, we gotta get creative, we gotta get thinking, and you know, like, you know, so many things that we do with stop motion is done with the iPad, and um, different, like, um, uh, Piscal app, you yeah. know, as well, on the website, but I was like, all right, we're gonna do things a little different, we're gonna do a Google Slides GIF, and then I had them download Screencastify from the Chrome extension web store, which a lot of them have never even downloaded a web extension, and I was like, please, fingers crossed, that it's not gonna be blocked, and then... Which, that's really great that it wasn't. It wasn't blocked, and so they created GIFs of these stop motions, and it was just so fun, and we talked about like those connections, and then I worked pretty late last night, 
um, putting both classes, all their gifts into one padlet. And I was like, all right, here we go uh, to kind of share them so they can kind of see everyone's work. And uh, I have all these gifts on there. And it's so cool to kind of see all the cool uh, gifts that they came up with and what they created. And then you being the go-getter that you are, you're like, I'm going to, and then I was trying to encourage you. I'm like, don't forget, like you need to share like some of these students work like on Twitter, like, you know, to inspire people, to get them excited about what's still going on in the classroom. So we can kind of share that message and get that out there. And you talked about your newsletter and then you're like, you're like, I'm going to make four padlets and share every single one. I don't want to leave anybody out. You know, and I was like, I was like, that's going to be so much work, like to create four separate padlets and put everyone's sketch notes on there. It's a life goal. It is, I'm and and that. so like you were excited just to kind of see how I I, I use Padlet and I, I kind of share it. that and kind of go from there. Well, you know, you touch on a couple of things, which is things that we typically would do. Now we have to do different. So we we might be able to do similar things, but we have to be creative and find a way. Not to say like, well, we don't do that anymore. It's like, well, now we can do it this way. And I have always shared tons and tons and tons of pictures and all kinds of stuff in my newsletter and now it's just we're on zoom so you're limited with how many times you can capture the screen with you know the people on the screen plus my kids would like their first thing in the morning you know so they're not super thrilled if I'm taking a uh, um, zoom picture of them you know but okay I totally just lost my train of thought I was like I got so distracted but oh I know what I was gonna say we have to be creative because now we have to find new resources or using them differently. And so you you said you did use breakout rooms, correct? Yeah. Um, and so breakout rooms in Zoom, when uh, you know it's not we like did a traditional that. date night breakout room. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but okay, I'll. Just what are you say. talking about? You go to breakout rooms all the time. Oh, you're talking about escape rooms. Oh, escape rooms. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Maybe. I, yeah. So an escape room. <laughs> um, so, but. The breakout rooms, because Galetti, Galetti, (laughs) like my Blake stare. Um, When Mr. Galetti did that with us, it was cool, and I just remember thinking, "Oh, it's cool." You know, I'd like to get to that, right? And then, um, but we were so engrossed in learning Canvas and all that stuff, and so, but I kept thinking, I have to get these kids talking, and when you have. 30 kids in a classroom, it's really, really difficult to encourage them to have to talk. It's intimidating and all that. So I just thought it's really out of my comfort zone to try the breakout rooms the first week of school or the second week of school when the kids are still getting to know you and, you know, there's a good chance it's going to fail. But I just thought I literally cannot be afraid to try new things just because I'm worried I will fail because then there's going to be a lot of stuff I leave on the table and that's not what's best for them and so I decided to do breakout rooms pretty early and I think it was the first week if I'm recalling correctly if not it was like right when we got back and I loved it and I did not nail it per se like there were some kinks that I learned but then I was so excited and then I was telling you about it and I told Bonham and you know based on that like then um, Mrs. Lankford, you know, is doing breakout rooms and, you know, Rudicell wants to do breakout rooms and there's all these people that are willing to try it. And I just look at that and I'm like, you know, we've been asked to adjust an awful lot 
but then people are still willing to say, okay, and I'll try this, and I'll try this, because they're seeing all of these opportunities. You know, kudos to Copenhaver for looking at that. Remember the Cami app that you and I talked about when we did our Google training for the district teachers um, in the spring? You know, she uses that as a um, big thing for ELA, and it's a digital annotating app or web extension. But um, Copenhaver's realized that it's perfect for her math instruction. So now she is leading the charge and teaching all these teachers about how to use Cami and stuff. And so I just love to see how much we're growing as educators, you know, because of this new way that we're teaching. It's truly awesome. Mrs. Perry in second grade uses breakout rooms all the time. Somehow I got polls turned on my Zoom, and I love polls, and it's been so great for doing so, would you rather and engage in conversations. I did a whole thing about an opinion piece about TikTok and whether they thought TikTok would be shut down, and then we took a look at the history of Blockbuster and these epic failures in the business world. Um, you'd be surprised how many students have never been to a Blockbuster. I, I was told shocked. You. I don't know if you remember this, but that was one of my early jobs when I was young. I remember I you told me. I Blockbuster. I crushed it. Please be kind and rewind. Just want you to know. <laughs> Still got it. You've, you've just dated yourself. You've just dated yourself uh, okay. pre-DVD. You know, there's nothing like <laughs> going to work and getting to watch movie trailer mm. after movie trailer your whole shift. And it always smelled like popcorn in there. Yeah, that's because they made popcorn all the time. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun job, I have to say. But yeah, anyway, continue. Can I you name where the last um, the last blockbuster is open? I've seen it. I think is it is it in Washington? Close, Oregon. Oregon. Okay, yeah, that's so why it's in, it's in Oregon. Yeah, I they feel had like one I've... in Alaska for a while, but the last one in business is uh, Oregon. So we did a whole Shark Tank thing and. And so, like, the first week, you know, we both did flip grids, and, and you know, we were kind of sharing some of our stories and the things they were saying. And you did a great job of kind of taking notes of, like, this whole thing where you kind of remember everybody. And then I responded to all mine. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm responding to so many flip grids here and going back and forth. And um, just kind of had that personal connection. But then this week, I took it a step further, and I did, like, a whole elevator pitch because we're going to app development. I'm like, give 30 seconds. You're getting on the elevator with a shark. Um, you got to pitch them their idea. So you got to sell them this idea uh, using Flipgrid. And I only gave them 30 seconds, and they had to sell this idea. And it was so fun to kind of uh, change that up a little bit and, and, and have uh, so much fun um, with our instruction and, and kind of understanding where our students are and what they yeah. need and uh, what they want to get from us. Uh, one of your favorite things that I used to do uh, in the classroom is the parent letter. So tell us about your uh, parent letters. Yeah, I did totally steal that from you. And I remember when you uh, sent that home to us as parents so basically I don't remember, I remember if yours your was that do you I do I, I still have it oh I I can't I remember if you and I told you to save them all yeah I don't save them all I save them all for the year and then you know I'm trying not to be a hoarder dude you mm. know like imagine us uh, you know uh, elderly we're just going to be like buried under piles of paper anyhow so I made it and I can't remember what you termed yours if it was the same thing but it's in a million words or less tell me about your kid you know it's kind of the gist that it says it's a little bit more eloquent um, but I definitely got this idea from you and basically it's for many reasons that you know that you did it that I do it which is I want to make a connection with parents for sure and I want to hear all these great things about this kid because parents always see a different kid than who we get to see so I want to know like 
what do they know about their kid that I don't know? And what, how do they see them? Are, are we going to see them the same way? And I also think it's good to kind of get a gauge uh, for how how you're going to be able to connect with this parent like are they someone that you know is responding are they just never going to fill you know fill this out it's you know you learn a lot just from the letters or not getting the letters but these letters are just the coolest things because um when parents really sit down and reflect and they really write about their kid some of the stuff that they write just it really does just make you tear up and and it gets me excited because I don't know the kids that well yet and so I just keep thinking like oh this kid's amazing and so then I'll bring stuff in like I didn't know you did this or oh your parents said this or I'll just say like I did to Ross Copenhaver your mom wrote the nicest things about you and of course as a middle school boy he's like ah so embarrassing and then we just had a talk like be thankful we have our parents as our cheerleaders and you know that they think so highly and like that's a really special thing and kind of just talking about taking a parent's love and like seeing it as a blessing and a positive thing and not something to be worked up about we had a really good discussion but those letters are really really special and I'm hoping more still roll and it you know that's the difference too is I typically send that out um I send it home with the kids, so there's something physical, so there's that reminder for parents. I think we all get buried in emails, and so I think that... And Zooms. And Zooms and all that. And Helping so, other students Yeah, and kids. so I think that the parents are just really, really busy right now, so I hope that I do get to hear more, just because like I like to hear about the kids. So I love them. Now, what impact has it had on you as an educator as you started every year getting these letters? I think I try to be more sensitive about understanding that the people that come in to my class are somebody else's person, you know, that they're not just a, a name on a roster, that they are somebody's life. And, and it's a privilege, right? People are trusting you with their kids. And so I think for me, it just reminds me that this isn't, you know, Joe. I don't have a Joe this year, so I can use Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, this isn't just Joe, but this is, you know, so-and-so's Joe who loves, you know, dirt biking and they love this and they they recently lost their grandfather or, you know, just those things because I, it, I just, it helps you teach if you know more about who the whole kid is. So if they have a good sense of humor, that is really helpful to know. If they're very sensitive and they don't take that well, I need to know that because I use, you know, that kind of humor a lot. And so I'm more careful about that. Or they're very shy. So I don't avoid bringing, drawing them out. I'm going to make that my mission to say like, okay, how can I help that kid grow in that area? So it kind of helps me to have a whole extra like behind the scenes like agenda for each kid of things that I would like to be able to do to meet their needs that year. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it truly does. I, I love like you know how much it means to you, and you you often talk about those letters and how I it really that. sets the tone for the year, and all the little things that you do in these first two weeks really sets the course of those relationships that last forever. And we, we are a K-8 school, so we're not like your traditional middle school. But even so, these are eighth graders. And like this is like that last moment of those parents might write a letter like that. I don't know how many times in high school a high school teacher is going to ask like a letter for that. So it's like kind of this 
end of yeah. you know middle school and then it's on to adulthood so i love that you keep that going and you know how much that means to you can you talk about your interactive notebooks and the covers yeah so again i you know i kind of bounce that off of you for this year because it's hard to know how much you hold on to your um, your routines from you know in-person teaching compared to online and so when kids are coming to the zooms and when kids are going to be learning while they're not on campus I didn't know is it reasonable to just say like I really want you writing in this specific notebook and and what we had talked about early on you know years ago is that when kids have a personalized connection to their notebook they treat it better they put more effort into it it's more meaningful it's theirs and I noticed that like I noticed so I always force them to decorate the notebook which you know some kids like my daughter Ella like she could decorate like she'd decorate every wall with Mod Podge and you know pictures from <coughs> pictures from whatever website uh, up you know thrifting? yeah is that what it's called <laughs> oh um that uh, what is that called <laughs> I said flip flip but oh, I think uh, yeah or <laughs> something like that but so, you know, some kids are like, oh, this is so great. And then other kids are thinking, ah, I'm not really into this. However, even if you literally just do the smallest thing on it and you personalize it, it's yours. And it's just different. And so I didn't ease up on that. I still had the same the same requirements and at their their sketch notes this week it was the first thing that they put into it and you know what I love is they were immediately like okay so do we put this in the table of contents and like how do you want us to line it up and they're already eager to have this notebook you know ready to go this you've seen over the years what kids do in those notebooks is like the amount of effort. I told one student um, this past week, as she said, well, I didn't write in my, my book because I write messy, so I want to write it on this junky piece of paper, and then I want to rewrite it in my notebook. And I was saying, like, I had kids that would take double notes because that would be something that they wanted to do. But they had a lot of pride, and their notebooks are really helpful because they do bio next year in high school, and it's a tool, and they really get a lot out of it, you know? But it's not a normal tool in the sense of the end of the year comes and so many of those you want to save as an example. I want to keep them. Not, not only for the cover, but for like the contents of like what they put into it. And those kids will not let go of nope. those notebooks. They will not. And I truly believe if it was just a notebook with a green spiral cover on there, they would hand those over in a heartbeat. Yep. But the fact that that notebook has stayed with them all year, it has that cover that's like yep. so personal and they're so proud of none of those kids will give you their notebooks they won't. and and it they continue and they continue to use those notebooks for bio and they're referring to things that they yeah. learned and so i think that's such a great thing that you know two things like you brought to me you're like you're like should i walk away from sketch note i'm like no that's who you are like it is. it's something you take pride in uh, you really build an amazing thing and what you did with that and then you're like the notebook covers i'm like no that's who you are that's what it means to them and so as teachers we have to find that balance of yeah. You know, what is going to work? What's not going to work? And uh, what can we still do from home? And 
how can we improvise with these things? And that's what I've been trying to find myself too. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to make it awesome. I'm going to bring STEM to you guys. I'm like, how are you going to do it? I'm like, don't you worry. <laughs> I may not figure it all out, but I'm going to figure it out. And you know what? And it just like, it just like, I felt like alive again. Like when you say like how much difference from the spring to now and to be able to be who we are and, and just really find that balance. Uh, you, you are my hero in the fact that when you talked with your kids about possible uh, topics, you threw in photography, and and you have less background in photography or less time that you've done that with kids. But I love that when you saw that that was something that time after time after time they showed interest that they want to do this year, that you're like, all right, I guess we're going to do this. And, you know, you've been starting to kind of put feelers out and try and flesh that out. And I think that that is a perfect illustration of what this year is going to be about for not just the two of us, but educators all over. It's just kind of like, well, there's an interest here. And like, okay, I can do this. And like, I'm going to grow. And I mean, you're going to go absolutely nuts with photography. It's going to be so up your alley. Um, But it's just not something we've really had time to do because there's I mean you know just looking around your stem lab like there's plenty of other things that would be things that you would have right here um but when you don't have that anymore you are allowed to branch out in these other really cool ways which I'm excited you're a big photographer you you love you love film photography you love collecting old cameras so photography is your jam me I, I like prisma i like a nice filter like i love but you like love pictures i do love pictures and time and time again the students were like i was just so excited to see photography and then and then you just rattled off some ideas of like what i could do with the students i'm like all right here we go i feel like a <laughs> photography teacher i'm like i'm like i almost like uh i don't know if apple's even teaching those classes i might go take one of those apple uh classes I, I doubt they're teaching them right now um, at the Apple Store. They basically, oh. you know, you basically have to have physical to get in the Apple yeah, Store. Yeah, you do. It's legit. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe I could find one of those Apple lessons online uh, for in terms of photography. I'm sure they have something. But you know, you want to engage the kids' interests and, mm-hmm. and get them excited and and share what they've done. And that's why I'm so excited for tomorrow to share this Padlet and so they could all see their gifts, you know? It's like, there's no names attached, there's just gifts thrown up there, and to see what other people did and and to really push each other and be like, wow, look at the, look what they did there, and maybe I could work harder and be more creative, And but I was just blown away. Like, every time I'm like, check out this gift, check out this gift, this is just so awesome, and it just felt so good. But the, Zooms, the Zoom schedule is tough, you know? Things are gonna get better, everyone's working out kinks, um, I was in here and a student missed my Zoom. They were, so many students were like, I was doing homework and I, I came late and and I had a, this sweet little girl come in just all upset and I was actually in between classes and you were in here and I was like, we're here. I was like, there's no need to cry. I'm like, I'm like, there's no crying in STEM. I'm like going uh, a league of their own, Tom she Hanks. She was so, so little. She was so little. Uh, you can cry in STEM, but yeah. you know, these are things that we can solve on the moment. And she was just so upset. And I was like, I was like, we're doing MythBusters today. I'm like, we're doing a hands-on experiment. I'm like, I'm like, I got some time. I'm get a piece of paper. And I taught this lesson one-on-one. And all of a sudden, I'm like, now I challenge you to get your brother involved. And I want to see how you bust this myth. And I sent her on her merry way. And oh, she had a smile on her face. And, you know, just these moments just make you happy. And, you know, what you're able to give these kids and get them excited 
about you know what we love to do and that's inspire and challenge them and you know bring learning to life well and that's the hard thing is our whole thing is trying to make connections and relationships and when you're in person I mean you teach first through eighth and you have to do that on the same level with all these different age you know groups and for that little girl that was so so meaningful and it's hard like they're trying to navigate I don't even know how to navigate the spe- the day specials that you guys your schedule is insane and you know we don't do that in the upper grades so I don't I don't understand the method to the madness but you know anybody else could have just said like oh you're not in the right spot you know check your thing and just move along uh, but you you know that was your downtime teachers love their breaks right we do love our little breaks it gives us a chance to kind of mentally like you know take a breath and recharge and you worked right through that and did that for her and for her she's going to have a positive attitude about school she's gonna have a positive attitude about you and stem and like that is huge you know and she was so so happy so it just that was the cutest thing ever I just love that and there's so many stories like this teachers are working harder than ever before and they are not stopping they're gonna do everything to make this as smooth as possible the hard thing for us to fathom is, you know, this Monday's six months, six months that we've been socially distancing, we've been in our homes like with our kids, never in our wildest dreams, not to call you out at the beginning, you called this COVID thing like okay, a, a step above the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to apologize. Thank you for throwing me under the bus. I will say this. Yes, early on, I did not understand the magnitude of what we were really dealing with. I was really, really wrong and misjudged that. This is true. So it's been a long stretch. It's something that we could have never imagined. Hopefully we see the end in sight here and more and more schools starting to open Arizona. Cases kind of come down, people being smarter, but then we have no clue what that looks for us as educators moving forward. But teachers are doing crazy awesome things, like, and students are doing crazy awesome things, and parents are doing crazy awesome things. It's just, we're going to get through this. Like, it's something that we will never see in our lifetimes ever again, hopefully never again. And it's going to take that creativity to to engage the students and bring them back and, and push them forward. And the other thing that I really, really love to see, uh, I, I mean, I would imagine it's happening across all campuses, but we're very, very fortunate because what sets the tone for us as educators is our admin and the support that we have been getting um, from our, you know, from both Galetti and um Labui. I didn't want to mess Ouch. up how to pronounce it. No, I didn't, I didn't want to pronounce it wrong, that's all. And I didn't want to call her Sherry. Ouch. She's so. probably on her walk right okay. now. Hey, I apologize, a former, Sherry. A former Labui. guest on the Nailed It Wall. Apologies. I just didn't want to say it wrong. But anyhow, it's all good. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. So we're thankful because, you know, I have had a different experience than you. You're teaching from home. And, you know, I mean, yeah, you're teaching from home, which is a really tough thing to do uh, for so many reasons. Um, Plus, you know, with the little kids and keeping that schedule. And I've been teaching on campus. And, you know, the, the admin constantly comes in to check on us and touch base and make sure we're supported and, and just kind of, um, you know, it, I love, love how it feels to be back with them and just have them let us sit down and talk to them, you know, about our challenges. And, and Sherry's been great about calling students that we need to follow up on and just making those personal connections with home and with students and all that. 
uh, and any kind of troubleshooting. Like, you know, I mentioned to, you know, Tony that, you know, I couldn't get the polls, you know, on Zoom and some other little challenges, and, and he investigated. So, you know, I think that this has been such a collaborative effort to make online learning um, a smooth transition, and I think overall, you know, it has been. Yeah, I don't know what else is to be said. You know, it's uh, it's been we're going to week three. Week three. I feel like I'm not that tired. You know, no. it's still still feeling good, still positive. I think we're ready to tackle the week and bring on more stories and you know take that positive vibe out in the world and do some pretty awesome things. Is there anything that we haven't covered this week that you want to touch on? Well, I just think it's important for anyone that's an educator to be remembering their fellow educator friends and touch base with people and make sure that they're they're all good because I do think one of us will have a bad day and the other ones really need to have a good day and so you know you pick up the people that are that are struggling um, but I think that we need to be intentional to make sure to be keeping an eye on all of our people in that respect because we don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed or burned out and um, I think it's important for us as educators to be mindful of our kids that they are processing an awful lot right now and that we really need to not forge ahead with online learning and forget to bring them with us um, but that we're going to have to take extra care to make sure that you know they're they're kind of uh, coming along for the journey um, and just you know as much as we can give kudos out to parents I think we need to do that because this is tough like this is tough and you have a million stories of people that you hear about at home trying to balance all the schedules I mean you said that your kids have you know timers on their iPads so just you know I think it just needs to be remembering to you know just put little things out for people to say hang in there you know we know there's some challenges there's a lot of good just you know kind of be there for them and you do a great job reaching out to everybody, letting people then you you tell your own stories and and picking people up people up there. So remember to reach out to everybody, and uh, something I think you said is so important there. As we kind of like forge along with online learning, don't forget to bring the students along with us. And as we say the students, we mean the parents and the admin. It's yeah. it's a community effort uh, that we're going to have to pull together, stay positive, and and just hope this COVID goes away. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long stretch and I, I know the end is coming and, you know, I think it's going to be the happiest day when we have students back on campus. And I just see how happy you are every day to be teaching from your classroom. I love it. Talk about your new chair. You didn't even talk about your new chair. Thanks to PTSO. Yes. Our PTSO is amazing. And they, you know, um, at the beginning of the year told us we had a certain amount of money that we could pay, you know, buy something on Amazon. They were going to do it for us. And uh, they were willing to buy me this chair. And, you know, that seems kind of silly, maybe, or like of all the things I could buy. But we are literally in front of our computers such a big part of the day. And, you know, these the chairs that we're working with, they're not amazing. And so my chair is pretty sick. Even though you said it looked like a grandmother's couch from the 80s, it is awesome. It is comfortable. And if I, we ever have a chair race, I will destroy you because that thing glides beautifully, as you did see. That thing does look like a SpaceX spaceship after it's, I kind of reevaluated. But when you sit on it, it kind of has like that grandmother, like plastic couch, like psh. It's so 
comfortable. And my kids know that uh, that I, you know, was so excited. It came in like way more pe- pieces than it should have. Um, but I, you know, it, it all came together, and I'm super grateful. And again, you know, PTSO to start the year to have that kind of support. That was really, really kind of them to do that. And I'm so grateful because it has made a huge difference in my comfort and like just sitting there, you know, day after. And the kids obviously immediately are like, we love that chair. And yes, it was a good conversation started. But yeah, so I feel very supported literally and figuratively. Well, shout out to PTSO. Yeah. Mrs. Schofield's advice, get a good chair, people. That's key in this online learning. Stand up. Make sure you stand up. I feel like we've already been sitting too long today. I'm getting antsy. i got to get up and stand up a little bit. You're trying to get to I know. I know. I'm going to get like a, <laughs> one of those treadmill ones where I'm just like, you know, walking and uh, on my computer there. Uh, but as we say at the end of every episode, people, if you can be anything in the world, be kind. Now, if you loved hearing stories about Mrs. Schofield's new chair, uh, our Zoom battles and everything that we love about online learning and these stories, check out my gifts I just tweeted out that the students created with Google Slides. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Every Tuesday, the latest episode of The Nailed It Wall will be downloaded to your phone. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us. You can find me at Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And me at a positive proton. <laughs>